Welcome in. It is the third installment of the Call Third Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter on Mini Mike's Network. That's at Mini Mike's on Twitter. Also at A2S Pod One on Twitter. Both of those networks, and we are in connection with Payton Sports Network. That is at PSN on Twitter as well. Go to all your streaming platforms and just type in A2S Network. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and of course, SoundCloud. First episode was a great episode. We just talked about the offseason with the Bigs and Scott Lewis from Barber's Chair Network. Then last episode, we talked about the U Darvish trade and what the Chicago Cubs are going to be doing coming up this season in a week in NL Central. Our special guest was Russell Dorsey as he joined us. And tonight we have a special guest, none other than Lamont Pope. He covers the White Sox for the Chicago Tribune. We're going to be talking to him shortly, but man, what a day for Major League Baseball, big picture-wise, right? Great day for the White Sox, right? We got that guy, that shortstop up in Cleveland. He's no longer going to haunt us. Now, if we can just get Jose Ramirez out of the division, everything will be all perfect for the Chicago White Sox. But once again, the deal, New York Mets, they acquire. Huh. Mr. Lindor, four prospects come back. The highest prospect that they got back was rated number five in the New York Mets system. So they did get back a better package than most people would consider the Cubs got back for you, Darvish. But they didn't give up any of their top four prospects, which you have to consider to be pretty good. Probably because, of course, you, Darvish, he's a pitcher, but he is a little bit further in age than uh, Francisco Lindor. So Great deal. White Sox fans already had an issue with the New York Mets because they grabbed that guy, James McCann. And don't look now because uh, the Mets aren't going to stop. Brand new owner, ready to be aggressive, ready to battle with the Yankees up in the Big Apple. And George Springer is another target. So you could be hearing that George Springer is going to sign with the New York Mets in coming days. Hopefully, free agency. It's been a little bit of a snooze. Uh, of course, coming off of the truncated season, uh, financial considerations for all teams in Major League Baseball. We saw that with the Cubs not wanting to go back into the repeater luxury tax and cutting their salary by shipping you, Darvish. And the White Sox, even though they wanted to go out and add, and they did via trade with the Texas Rangers and acquiring Lance Lynn uh, as a starting pitcher, they're also connected to Liam Hendricks and uh, Brad Hand as relievers. And I myself, I want to get to uh, Lamont Pope and ask him this question because I, I'm pretty happy. I think the Aaron Bummer injury late in the season did impact our bullpen and did impact our ability, especially in the big series against Cleveland, to hold on to that lead and ultimately not be able to win the division. But I was happy with Bummer. I was happy with Cordero, Matt Foster, Cody Hura, Jose Ruiz, and Evan Marshall. I mean, look, Jimmy Cordero, I would be shocked if his arm doesn't fall off. <laughs> the first time he takes the mound this year because he was overused, to say the least. Alex Colomay is a free agent. Uh, possibility of him bringing, uh, bringing him back, highly doubted. There's still probably a small chance that they bring him back. But look, what other questions do we have, right? The White Sox, they go out and get baby Cespedes in the international pool. They also get the number one starting pitcher from the international pool. And they kind of set that up the previous three years because they have been selling their international money off. 
and, and putting that off once they got Louis Robert. And then they come up and this year's international pool and they grab those two players. We'll be talking about that as well. Questions for the White Sox, of course, are they going to get a closer? What can we expect from Yoan Makata? Michael Kopech, how does he fit into the starting rotation? Cats now being the pitching coach. Of course, he's credited for being able to help turn around Lucas Giolito, his mechanics, and also uh, his performance. Can he do that for Dylan Cease? Can he do that for Ronaldo Lopez? We hope so. And if that's the case, where does Michael Kopech fit into that? And then, look, we saw how the White Sox used Chris Sale out of the bullpen straight out of the draft in the year he was drafted towards the end of that season the same way they did with Garrett Crochet when he made his debut in Cincinnati to great success until he came up with that that injury in the uh, shortened series against the Oakland A's so we'll talk about that and we will welcome in right now our big guest this evening he's none other than Lamont Pope, Pope I'm sorry Lamont Pope he covers the Chicago White Sox for the Chicago Tribune Lamont welcome to the call third podcast we appreciate you Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Man, happy New Year to you. How things been going? How was your holiday? Oh, very nice. You know, my birthday is the day after Christmas as well, and so That's got to a, a little time. You know, went back out on. A, I'm from Waukegan, so I got a chance to go back on up, say hello to my family for a quick second, then came on back. Man, that's cool. You said that, and I was going to ask you about that. With everything being shut down, specifically high school sports, man, do you miss getting up there to see some of those great high school games? Because that's a great division. People sleep on that conference up there when it comes to high school basketball. Yeah. I mean, you know, from being from there, getting to see all the games when I was in high school, obviously, and then they have the chance to cover it for three years as well. That was a blast, getting the chance to go back into the old old gym. Uh, and then seeing not only Waukegan, but Warren, Liberty, yeah. some really good basketball up in that area for sure. Yeah. Players like Brandon Paul and also who could forget Jeremy Richmond, mm-hmm. you know, so glad to see that his life is kind of being brought back together and he's doing well, former Illinois stars right there. Also, your Hoosiers, they didn't get it done tonight <laughs> before. <laughs> Double overtime. You know, the last time that they won up in Wisconsin was 1998. Yeah. That, so that, that's, that's the year before I covered the team. So yeah. that's, well, that's how long ago that was, a very long time ago. But, yeah, double overtime, lost to the Badgers. Uh, Again. How, how much faith do you have in Archie Miller? To turn oh, I do. I mean, you know, I, I do. I, I, loved, I loved what he was able to do at Dayton. Um, I know it's you know it's been a little bit of a slow go so far with the Hoosiers, but, but I really do like Archie. Yeah, so as you heard as I was talking before I brought you in, look, I was very happy with – the output from the young relievers last year. They were put in a lot of difficult spots. They gained a lot of experience. They had ups and downs. But overall, I thought it was a great, successful season for the bullpen and the young arms. But the White Sox seemed to be uh, pinning their hopes on acquiring the likes of Lee Hendricks and Brad Hand to sure up the back end. Uh, how do you see this playing out? Do you think they get both of them? Or which one do you think they prefer to get? Yeah, I mean, I think if you had the preference, you want to get uh, Hendricks. I mean, he's he's, he's the best uh, reliever in the American League, won the AL uh, Reliever of the Year Award. He's been just lights out the last two seasons with the Oakland Athletics. Um, he's the best, like I said, the best reliever in, in all of baseball, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so if you have the opportunity, I know, that, you know, the Sox are in the running. Uh, the, he visited the Toronto Blue Jays earlier this week, and so I know they're in the running. Yeah, the, the Dodgers, they've, they've been uh, rumored as well. The Dodgers have gone on out and gotten a couple of relievers already this uh, 
off season, but you know, obviously coming off the, the world championship, they're still going to be really busy, especially with everything that San Diego has been doing that, you know, they got to kind of keep up with, with what the Pirates have been doing this uh, off season. Uh, so, but you know, yeah, as you mentioned with hand as well, he's, he's someone that the Sox obviously are familiar with uh, seeing him the last couple of seasons with the Indians. Um, you know, and, and so if you can't get Hendricks hand is a nice guy that you can kind of fall back on, but you know, mentioning the bullpen, like as you did before as well, you, you have a, a young group, you know, it's an area where you have Bummer, as you mentioned, uh, and lead on up here. You know, he's someone who, who could go into that that role right right away. I, I would see the, either Bummer or or Cody Hoyer being being that person. Hoyer, uh, he was a closer in in the minors, um, had a lot of success, and I had the chance to talk to him during. I remember I had a chance to chat with him during spring training. Uh, right before everything kind of shut on down. And, and he, he mentioned how much he loved having that adrenaline, being that ninth inning guy coming out of the, out of the, out of the pen, being that guy in that last, getting that last out and being able to dap up uh, the catcher when the game's over. And so he's someone who's, who likes that role. And so if the White Sox want to go in that direction with them, that, you know, that's someone that who's, who's willing and ready to take the ball. And you mentioned, you know, the, you, you can't forget the job that, that you mentioned as well, the, the job that Alex Calumet was able to do. Uh, this past season, these past two seasons with the Sox. I mean, he was just, you know, very dependable. He got, he got on the ball in the ninth inning. Sometimes, you know, you might get a couple of runners on before he gets that third out, but uh, but he's someone who, you know, was always going to be able to get the ball, and he wanted the ball in that sort of situation. Very calm, very, very cool, collected, and was always able to get that last out uh, during his two years with the White Sox. You know, like, like you said, a slim chance, slim opportunity that he might come on back. But, but you know, I, I know there's been interest, reported interest from teams like the Twins and things of that nature. And so I think, you know, it might be best or it might be a thing that the Sox do go in another direction. And if so, uh, Liam is the guy that, that I think that most Sox fans would want. And he's, you know, one of the issues, though, is he's someone who might, you know, might be three-year or four-year type of a deal. Uh, some one of those situations, whereas you might be able to get um, one of these other guys at a little bit of a, of a cheaper rate. And so that's going to be the thing to, to wait and see how that all plays on out with the Sox this, this offseason. Out of all of those youngsters, who impressed you the most out of the bullpen last year? You talked about Cody Horia being a closer uh, before. I'm just interested, like, out of all those guys, him, Foster. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Foster's yeah. really not a young guy. Evan Marshall as well. Which one impressed you the most? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that, that I think it's almost like Hoyer and Foster kind of went hand in hand, right? Yeah. Really, both, both rookies. Uh, you know, Hoyer had a great uh, spring training, and so that, that sort of like kind of put him on the map as far as, as far as I was, I was concerned, as far as making that next step. And then, then from the him and Foster both have a really strong summer camp when things came back as well, and then have that opportunity and and, ran, and they both ran with it. I mean, they're put in some high pressure type of situations, and they're able to both uh, have a whole lot of success in those type of situations. Obviously, with someone like uh, with Foster, you know, his ability to to go a couple innings um, at a time, you know, had him as a uh, as an opener a couple times as well. And so he was able to help the Sox out in multiple roles there. But Hoyer, again, just, you know, has great, great arm, power arm, and is able to help you out from that standpoint. And then you can't, well, you know, obviously you mentioned a little bit as well with uh, Garrett Crochet. I mean, you know, to go from getting drafted and spending some time in the uh, over in Schaumburg and then being able to help the team on out late in September. And, and really, you know, the, the game plan was for game, in game three, uh, you know, if, if uh, Dane was going to get in trouble, the first guy out of the pen, as it turned out to be, was going to be Garrett Crochet, and they'd hoped to get a couple of innings out of Crochet before. Uh, that was the plan, anyway, before the injury kind of took him on out of the game there. And so, you know, the fact that someone like Garrett Crochet, you know, can 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 make that leap and have that so much success right off the bat was very impressive. 
Yeah, you talk about Garrett Crochet. I'm very interested in what their long-term thought to is towards him. Are they going to use another season in the bullpen to try and stretch him out and then next season possibly get him into the starting rotation? Because if he can give you five, six innings with his stuff, uh, that just really solidifies what you've been able to add with Lance Lynn, Dallas Keuchel, Lucas Giolito, and whatever Evan Katz can do to try and help Ronaldo and also Dylan Cease. Yeah, I mean, I think the plan uh, for 2021 anyway is to kind of have him in that sort of bridge him on out, have him go a couple innings again. You know, we saw a little bit of that at the end of last, at the end of the 2020 season. Get him a couple, maybe get him a couple innings, um, and then kind of have him, have him stretch, be able to stretch on out and work his way because the long term plan is for him to join the starting rotation and be be one of those guys at the front end of the rotation potentially for the Sox. And so, you know, maybe you know, maybe the plan will be being able to stretch him out a little bit more this season, having some, have you know, if. Hopefully there'll be a minor league season. Uh, might be able to have him get get a couple starts on the minor leagues as well to have him stay fresh, kind of learn the ropes from that standpoint as well. But also be utilized here in the big leagues as someone you can stretch on out and be in that sort of long. You know, if especially if you if you move someone like uh, if you move Aaron Bummer into that closer role, you know, he's someone that can kind of slot on in and, and take that role that Aaron had has had the last couple of years. Uh, you know, that seventh, eighth kind of kind of guy because when Aaron was sharp, particularly you know like. 2019, he was he was a guy that can go two innings as well, and so so if if, if you move Bummer into that closer role, then you know then that'd be something that, that Crochet can kind of fill on in and, and and take into that slide as well. I mean, where things currently stand right now on the 40 man roster, if you give me Crochet and then tell me Hoyer and then uh, Bummer, I'm happy with that. And then if you add Hendricks, possibly in free agency, then I can go Crochet, Bummer, and Hendricks. Or just you could flip flop Bummer and Hendricks depending upon the lineup you're facing. I'm really comfortable with the, the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning for the White Sox as they compete against the Minnesota Twins for this division. And, and obviously, you know, someone like Tony Larusa. I mean, you know, the, you know, that's that's part of his MO, being able to, to mix and match, yeah, out that bullpen, see how those guys all work. I mean, that, that's one of his strengths. You know, obviously, has a ton of strengths as a manager, but that's one of his strengths as, as a Hall of Fame manager is that ability to work the bullpen the way that it is. And that's one thing that uh, Rick Hahn mentioned when he, he was asked the last time that we talked to him about the, the notion of possibly going out and, and, and getting an established closer. You know, he, he mentioned. Larusa's strength and his ability to kind of work with the bullpen and, and get the best out of those guys, it, and, and you know, if, if if it's a situation in which they don't go out and go ahead and get somebody, and so so that you know that's an, that's another thing that's an, that's an X factor, the ability that he has to to go ahead and have those guys and know how to use them and put them in the best position. But you know the thing that we also have to realize, it was a rookie season for both for both uh, Cody and for Matt, and so you know how are they going to adjust to a full season, 162 games, hopefully. Uh, that that we'll be able to have and see how they're able to utilize. I mean, obviously, you take a look at game three, um, you know, Matt coming on in, he had the two walks there with, with the bases loaded. Uh, Cody gave up a home run there in, in game three as well. And so, so you know, as, as great a season they had, you know, there, there were some some bumps and some learning lessons that they hopefully can grow from as well. Yeah, Cody was stressed out a little bit in his appearance, maybe a batter too long. But either way, he was throwing great. Right before he gave up that home run, like I said, I'm happy with the performance we got from our young relievers. I, I'll tell you what I'm unhappy with. James McCann goes to the New York Mets, and I don't know about this catcher situation. I mean, Yasmani Grandal was the big free agent signing before last season. Everyone was excited. Uh, defense left a lot to be desired. Uh, 
James McCann, I think most pitchers would prefer to throw to him. And then, you know, your mom, Mercedes, Seve Zavala, and uh, Zach Collins is what you have left to back Rundell up. I mean, are they confident with what they have at the catcher position, or are they looking to possibly add in free agency? Well, you know, we'll, we'll take first with uh, with Yasmani. I think there's a situation where, you know, as the season was – it's one of those situations that, you know, a year of adjustments, you know, obviously adjusting to playing – in American League for the first time, uh, but also the situation where, you know, you're used to kind of, some guys are used to going, after you get your at-bats, you go on down, take a look at the video, you're able to adjust that way. There's some new rules that were in place this past season in which, you know, the guys weren't able to go on down and, and study the, the video, those videos after their at-bats. And so it was a little bit of an adjustment period from that standpoint. And also it's that situation where it was only 60 games and he was starting to heat on up a little bit uh, towards, you know, at times they're, they're in September as well. And so, so, you know, kind of getting in a rhythm, you know, had a couple home runs, had, I think hit one in, in the Cubs series and obviously hit one in, in the uh, playoff game as well. And so just sort of like a situation where he, he was sort of saying, I remember we talked to him, I think before game two, you know, it, it's one of those situations where, you know, if you take a look at the full season, the full strength of a season where, you know, you might be in a slump at some point, but then you might, your numbers at the end of the season might come on out that way. So I, I think that Yasmani is going to hit. I think Yasmani is going to do, uh, be just fine as a starter. And he's going to be someone who might be put in that situation where, you know, when he, when he was with Milwaukee, he started almost every single game. I mean, he, he was someone who likes to start every single game. He wants to be behind the backstop um, and, and catching those guys night in and night out. And so I think getting into that rhythm might be something that's going to be beneficial for him uh, to be able to do you know, for, for an entire season this upcoming year. As far as the, uh, the backup's concerned, yeah, I mean, I think the plan right now is to, to kind of see what, what they can get out of, uh, either, like you said, either uh, Mercedes or Collins or, or Zavala. They, they all bring something different, obviously. Um, Mercedes, he's, he's going to swing. He's going to swing hard. He's going to, you know, and, and just in case he hits it. And if he does hit it, it's going to go a long, long way. Um, you know, Zach, obviously, he has, a, he has a really good eye at the plate. Um, you know, it's just, you know, obviously, uh, number 10 draft pick out of, you know, out of Miami. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, let's, let's, Let's see if we can kind of see some of that stuff kind of come tr- come come to fruition for, for him. Um, and then Savia is obviously you know, another person as well. So, so you know, th- those three guys might be the options. You know, there might be a situation where they, they might uh, look. You know, they, they do have some some money to kind of uh, uh, to kind of see what what options are out there. But but I think it's a situation where you know, right now they feel pretty comfortable uh, with with one of those three or or a combination of those two because obviously you know, also you know we take a look at. The designated hitter situation. I mean, you know, obviously the, the thought process probably is going to be uh, Andrew Vaughn is going to going to be that guy eventually. Um, you know, but but there's here's also a situation where you have a guy like Zach, you have a guy like um, Mercedes. They they could also kind of help on out from that standpoint as well. We talk about this starting pitching rotation one through three solidified. You feel pretty good about one through three. As I said before in my intro, Michael Kopech. Where does he fit? And then Katz bringing over his ideology about pitching, the approach, how it impacted one Lucas Giolito, turned his career around, turned him into a Cy Young candidate. Does that bode well more for Dylan Cease, or do you think it bodes more up? Dylan Cease or Ronaldo Lopez? Like, who do you see turning things? If you had to bet today, if you had to lay a bet in Vegas, who would turn it around quicker? Would you lay your money on Ronaldo Lopez or Dylan Cease? Ooh, 
That's, that's a really good question. I, I, I would say probably uh, Dylan, a little more, you know, a little more established from that standpoint. You know, he, he has all the stuff, and uh, you know, obviously at the beginning of uh, last season, he got he got off to a really nice start. Uh, had a really nice um, August, and then I think you know September was just you know kind of kind of a rough September. Where and the issue again was just just being able to uh, throw strikes. You know, when when he's able to when he's able to throw strikes, he's very successful. He has he has really really great stuff. And so you know, I know that he's already had conversations. Both you know he's already had conversations. Ronaldo's already had conversations. And and uh, um, Kopech, Michael Kopech's also had already had conversations with with Ethan as far as just kind of kind of establishing that base and getting getting to work already with those guys. Um, and so so it, yeah, that's going to be something really that I'm looking forward to seeing this spring is just to see uh, how how you know how those guys adapt with the new pitching coach and, and what's what are some of those things that they work on to kind of get the most and max max those guys on out and so yeah but but i think with yeah with dylan you know for sure you mentioned the top of the three i mean yeah the, that top of the three the top of rotation those three guys that's almost as good as any uh that you're going to have in the, in the american league and so you know you go into you go into a series knowing that you have lucas uh dallas and Lance, I mean that—that that is something that you're gonna, you know, you, you almost expect you know, to win at least, you know, two out of three with with those three guys going. Where does Michael Kopech? Michael Kopech to me was very, very interesting, especially right after the uh, we take the loss or the we the Chicago White Sox take the loss to the Oakland A's in the three game series. I'm on social media and I see all of these White Sox fans like frustrated with the fact that. You know, Kopech wasn't there. He opted out. He would have been there to pitch. We might have won the series and trade him. And they're just frustrated and talking all this crazy talk. And I'm saying, trade him? Like, are you serious? Like, first of all, what team is going to take him coming off of surgery? And they haven't seen him, number one. And then number two, why would you trade a guy that literally was one of the cornerstones of this whole thing and this whole rebuild when you let Chris Sale go? Like, that's what you were selling everybody on. He's one of those guys. Yoan Moncada was the other guy that came over in that trade for Chris Sale. So you have to be able to allow him to have a season to see what he can give you, right? It's one of those situations where, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of eyes on him, obviously. I mean, you know, yeah. One of the things that I really liked about last spring, one of the things that, you know, it was my first uh, spring training ever, getting the chance to go on down there. And, and you know, obviously the games don't you know they, they don't count they don't mean as much from 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 some of that standpoint but but the game that he he started you know his he, he had one inning against the Texas Rangers and it felt like you know it felt like a regular season game it felt like there was there's tremendous buzz yeah and, and then for him to not only you know there's you know all eyes were on him tremendous buzz leading out to the game and then for him to pitch like he did you know. I think 11 pitches, six of them either 100 or 101 miles per hour, and it was just like light, you know, every, like there's a buzz throughout the throughout the ballpark, and and, and you can I mean that is something that you want on your ball yeah. on your ball club, right? Um, so so you know, I'll be really interested to see just how you know he you know how he performs, how he's ready to perform. You know, uh, one thing that Rick said um, was that you know they're going to be cautious with him as well because obviously here's someone who hasn't pitched in a major league. Uh, regular season ball game, you know, since uh, to you know two thousand eight in twenty eighteen. So 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 they're obviously you know I know only have what four starts. Yeah. So here's someone that you're you know you're gonna kind of take your time, and that's where having someone like Ronaldo will help out as well because you know you, you don't have to kind of rush 
uh, Michael back. And from that standpoint, you can work them on in, you know, kind of, kind of have them. You know, so, so you have that ability to, you know, you have someone who has pitched a whole lot in Ronaldo to help on out from that standpoint to kind of add a little bit depth there from the, from the rotation standpoint. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, 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 the ability that Michael has, uh, to help this team and to be a major impact type of pitcher, you know, you know, uh, sky's the limit for him. And so, yeah, I really look forward to seeing just what uh, the Sox are going to be able to get out of him uh, this, you know, in the 2021. I'm going to ask you this question. And then before I'm going to answer it before you, but I'm interested <laughs> in seeing what you say. Uh, everybody was so upset with the, well, a lot of people, I won't say everybody, a lot of people were upset with the hiring of Tony LaRusso, right? Because they were talking about fit, of course, the whole DUI case comes up shortly after they hire him, and that just throws more gasoline on an already blazing uh, fire. <laughs> you know, when it comes to Tony LaRusso, this is what I feel most comfortable about, and I'm going to ask you what you feel most comfortable about. I don't feel like I'm going to get outmanaged in a late get in a late season series going into Minnesota with the division on the line anymore. I'm comfortable now. I don't feel like there's a deficiency in that dugout when I go into a big series now. That's what I'm most comfortable with when it comes to Tony LaRusa, despite what most people think might not be a good fit. For you, what are you most what are you most comfortable with when it comes to the hiring of Tony LaRusa? Well, I mean, that's, that's a great point. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason, right? Right. He, he's someone who has had, uh, you know, great success, obviously, with Oakland, obviously great success with the Cardinals as well. Um, you know, the, and so that, that, that track record speaks for itself. Um, you know, the, the winning speaks for itself. Um, and, and so that's something that, you know, the, despite the fact that it's been, you know, that he hasn't, hasn't managed in a game since uh, 2011, you know, you, you know what you're getting from a Tony La Russa type of ball club. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the ability to, to, to know, you know, day in and day out, um, um, what you're going to get from, from his type of ball club. You know, that, that's, that's something that the White Sox are banking on. I mean, you, you don't hire a Tony La Russa unless you feel that you're in a position that you can take that next step and compete, you know, not only for, for a division title, but, 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 a, but a lengthy postseason run as well. And so, so when you, when you hire someone like a Tony La Russa, you know, it's a situation where you believe right now uh, you're in a position to go ahead and have some big time success. And so that, that's going to, that's going to be, the, that's going to be the thing, you know, can, can, can they build off of this 2020 season and get and continue along the ways with someone like, like Tony La Russa as the manager? We have youth, we have power, we have speed, and we can hit. This lineup, young, dangerous, what is it missing? Well, I mean, you know, again, we'll have to see what, what happens with the designated hitter spot. Um, you know, it sounds like, obviously, like I said, you know, Andrew's going to get the chance. Eventually, he's going to be that be that person. Um, and it's a situation also where, you know, if, if you need Jose to have a day off his feet and have him, you know, instead of just playing, instead of playing first base all the time, you can also, uh, you know, have him, be the DH for that particular day, um, and then have you know Andrew at first base. Um, you also have to, you know, the, you know I've, I've read where it's like, well, you know, what do you, what do you want to do with Eloy as well? You know, obviously, you know, his defense it it, it improved a little, you know, but 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 it's still a little bit of a venture from time to time. If you can uh, stay away from the net, it'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> indeed. Um, but, you know, so so it's a situation where you and then you know obviously with right field you you know you, right now the situation is you have uh, Ingle and Eaton Ingle uh, you know, against left-handed pitching and and Eaton and you know you know it's a situation where like the last year and a half. I've been, you know, every single time that Ingle's in the lineup, I'm like, don't write Adam Eaton. Every single story, I'm like, don't write Eaton. Right. And now that now they're on the same ball club, I, 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 I already, I, I've uh, apologized to my editors in advance. I'm like, yeah, I know one day I'm going to just screw it up. I'm going I'm to write Ingle, and I mean Eaton, and it's going to be or vice or vice versa. So, so we'll see how that goes from my from my perspective. But yeah, so you so add you add in a uh, Adam Eaton uh, where where he can face the right-handed hitting right-handed pitchers. Um, so it's a situation where you know you, you, you know you, you want to see also just the growth, right? You want to see that you want to see uh, Luis take that next step. I mean, obviously he he burst on the scene, showed all the skills and all the ability that everybody thought that he had. You know, he, I mean, he had just you know, lights out uh, for July and August, and then he went into that uh, September swoon. Uh, was able to you know had a, had a pretty decent last uh, series of the regular season against uh, the Cubs and then had a, had a good uh, postseason obviously with the monster home run there against the, against the A's. Uh, but yeah, you want to just see him take that next step. You want to see what uh, Nick Madrigal can do for a full season as well. Yeah, I mean, he's someone, you know, you know, he can get to any pitch, right? Uh, yeah. Up here, down there, he's going to, he's going to put his bat on the ball, uh, make contact and make, you know, and, and, and put it in play and just let, let things work from there. But you want to see those guys play a full, play a full 162 and see what they can be able to bring to the table uh, from that standpoint. Yeah. From, from uh, someone you mentioned, uh, Johan a couple of times, you know, obviously, I mean, here's someone, you know, all the talent in the world, Fantastic, you know. I mean, the 2019 season was just a remarkable year for him. You know, he showed that he was I mean, not only one of the better players on the Sox, but just you know, in all of, I thought of, in all of baseball from that standpoint, just just the growth that he was able to show, just making the adjustments from 2018 where he struck out a ton, yeah. uh, cut down on the strikeouts, you know, third in in the uh, uh, majors in, in batting average, but and but then to go ahead and have you know the, the impact of COVID, you know, I mean, that, I mean that that really that it totally it was something that he said he felt day in and day out, but his body, his energy just, you know, it wasn't the same. And so, right. so hopefully, you know, he's healthy and he's able to, to, to get back to being that Johan Moncada that the Sox know that he can be. Yeah. As you said before, I have friends that contracted COVID and uh, even after two or three months, mm-hmm. they're still trying to get their lungs back to 100% capacity to be able to go back to working out at the same rate. So I can only imagine what Johan, he gave the White Sox every single thing that he had. And you could tell he was struggling. You could tell he wanted to be out there and to give his team everything that he could. But every time we saw him, you know, Yohan loves to come around first and turn it on, whether he's going to second or going first to third, trying to lag it out for a triple. And every time he legged it out, you could just tell it took everything out of his body. Mm-hmm. And, he was able, and he was still able to play tremendous defense, right? Finalist for uh, yeah. for the Gold Glove Award, uh, you know, just just the strides that he's been able to make from that. You know, he 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 made such a smooth transition from second base to third base in 2019, and and then just to con- continue to elevate that and to you know to be one of the Gold Glove finalists, uh, just a really dependable guy over at, at, at you know defensively from the third base position as well. You know what? When Lamont Pope, hopefully everything progresses. So hypothetically, we're going to speak that we're going to spring training and you guys are allowed to go out there and cover the team. When Lamont Pope heads out to spring training, he can't wait to see 
Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I think again, it's, it's one of those situations where I want to see, um, you know, it was, it was so much fun watching, uh, Luis Robert on a day in and day out basis and just what he was able to do. do. So I just want to see, you know, that, you know, season two, you know, how, how does he make that adjustment? How does he continue to grow as a baseball player, you know, from, from season one to season two with, uh, with, with Eloy. I mean, it was just, you know, you know, he, he had a, Really solid rookie season, uh, it, but he he elevated his game to another level in year two. And so I want to see year two, uh, Luis Robert. I want and I obviously and again Michael Kopech. I want to just see sort of how you know what's that next step for him. You know how what has he been up to? How has he been progressing? And and when he gets back on into it, you know th- those are the two guys right there. Michael Kopech. You know, obviously, just want to see just where he's at and, and when is he going to be able to contribute and what kind of contributions he's going to be able to make to the ball club. And then just, you know, just continue to see someone like Luis Robert because, again, he, he has special talent to be one of the elite players in the game. And so when you have the chance to see someone who has that that, that ability, you want to take every chance and, and have every opportunity to see someone like that. All right. Once again, we're talking to Lamar Pope. He covers the Chicago White Sox for the Chicago Tribune. Expectations will be in an all, at an all-time high surrounding the team for a full season. How do you think they react to that? They're young. They're playful with each other. They love each other. You could tell everything under Ricky Renteria was all about, of course, he's a player's manager. He allowed them to have fun. They grew together as a group. The chemistry was great. Now Tony La Russa comes in. Tim Anderson came right out and said, I'm not changing how I play the game. So it doesn't matter who we hired as manager. Do you think they continue to be the same jovial team and with that swag that Major League Baseball and others outside of Chicago had grown to love to watch? Or do you see them bringing it back and quite probably getting a little bit more serious as they try to make it or take that next step to the World Series? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, like you said, you know, Tim said he's not changing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, uh, so, you know, Tim's going to still be the same and you know, he's still going to, you know, keep on hitting, keep on getting on base, keep on doing damage, uh, you know, keep on being that spark for the team that the team needs for sure. Um, it's, it's a situation as far as just the expectations. Um, I think they're going to, you know, I think they're embracing them. I mean, you know, it's a situation where um, they, they have a manager in place who has that world series pedigree. Um, they, they've, they've, you know, solidified that, that starting rotation where they now have that third guy as well. You know, someone who, you know, they have, they have three guys that, what, uh, you know, four, you know, the fifth, sixth, and seventh as far as the AL Cy Young uh, award voting this past season. So, so you, you have you know, a top of the rotation um, that is that is established and that has all the talent in the world there. Um, and, again, I, th- I think that's where, that's where it comes into to seeing some of these younger players, you know, take that next step. Or continue to continue to progress in that 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 way. Yeah, that, that, that's where it comes important to see. Uh, you know, Luis kind of kind of continue along that path. That's where it's important to see uh, Nick continue along that path and show that show that improvement and show that show that you know those skills that those guys had throughout the minors and that they that were on display in 2020. You know, t- elevate that as well. And so so I think that that's the thing. It's just you know the, you know the, I think they're going to embrace the, the expectations because because yeah it, it's you know especially given the the news of the day with the. Uh, with the Indians trade, I mean, I think it, it's really, it's the Sox and it's the Twins. You know, obviously there's a whole lot of uh, movement that needs to be made. The Twins haven't 
done a whole lot uh, this offseason. Uh, but you know, the Twins are you know you, 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 you anticipate the Twins making some moves and, and, and being being there as well as you know and, and, and being in a situation where it's going to be the Sox and the Twins, Indians kind of a little step below. But you, know, you can never really count out the Indians with. Uh, with with Terry Francona and with you know with the pitching, they still have arms. <laughs> they always seem to always have arms, they right? Still have arms. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, and uh, and you know, obviously the the Tigers now with AJ Hinch, you know it's it's it, so it's going to take a little while for them. But but you know you have someone who again here's someone who had a ton of success with the uh, with the Astros. Um, and then you know the Royals as well. You know they've they've made they're, they're, they've been one of the active more active teams this uh, off season. Yeah, yeah, they have. They they had Santana, uh, Michael A. Taylor, uh, Mike Miner. Um, so they've they've been they've been really busy getting some um, established players around some of their younger players as well. So it'll be really interesting just to see what kind of kind of growth that they've made. But like I so said, the 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 Sox and the Twins. I mean they're they're the favorites there so far for this division. All right, let's let's go through this right quick. Most important player in the lineup this year will be. Ooh, uh, let's see. I, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Well, I want to see what Jose does again. You know, like like I mean, obviously, I mean MVP. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, led, led the league in RBIs the last two seasons. Uh, just just can he continue? At Thirty, you know, going into the age thirty four season. Uh, just can he can he go ahead and do that again for the size? And what kind of what kind of production will he be able to, to, to give for the team as well? The most important starting pitcher will be. Well, uh, I mean, I think it's yeah. You, know, you you want to start with your ace, you know, Lucas. You know, day in and day out. I mean, he, he's he's been dependable. He's been that guy. He wants the ball. He wants the ball in the big moments. Obviously, we saw in uh, Game One, you know, taking the perfect game into the the seventh inning there. So you want to just continue to see him progress and be that guy day in and day out, where you know, game, you know, game start opening day, start of a se- big series. You know, you're going to trust the guy with the ball there, and that's going to be Lucas Giolito. See, I like hearing that. I don't want pressure on Michael Kopech. Come back, take your time, kid, do your thing, and then hit your stride going into August and September and solidify everything going into the playoffs. I'm excited about this team. I tell all my uh, upset White Sox fans out there, stop being jealous of the Padres. <laughs> Love on your own team, Okay. Yes, so I would love for Jerry to spend money like crazy too, but I know who he is. We're on a budget. We have youngsters. We're locked up through 25 and 26 with most of our guys. Let's be happy. And as Tony LaRusso said, let's embrace this thing. Let's embrace this AL Central race and embrace this push for another World Series championship. So before I let you go, we play a game each and every show called Balk or Step Off. All right, so I'm going to say something. If you disagree with it, call balk and then tell me why you disagree. If you agree with it, just say step off and we'll go on to the next statement. All right. All right. Now, now see, I, I, I listened a little bit to the last one. I, I know you, you asked Russell about uh, about Drake. So I hope, I hope you don't ask me about Drake because, because no. my, 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 you know, my, I, like, my, I'm like a 91 to like 93, whatever was playing on GCI from that standpoint. I, like, I can get you that. You get me there? Okay. <laughs> We're going to start out, man. Of course, I talked about Francisco Lindor being traded from the Cleveland Indians and acquired by the New York Mets. Francisco Lindor will become the biggest star in New York. Ooh, uh, I will, I'll say, uh, I'll say Bach because you know, the, I mean, you're, you're, those those Mets, those Yankees, you know, it, it, it's you know, it, it, 
you know, you still have Aaron Judge there. You still, yeah. and so, so I think Aaron Judge is still, and you know, as long as Aaron Judge is still wearing those pinstripes, it's going to be Aaron Judge. Man, you but you see the personality that he has. Oh, oh yeah, the Latino community up there in New York, they definitely will embrace him, and oh, uh, yeah. you can just, you know, you love to watch him play. Yes. You just love to watch him play. He's infectious with his teammates, so I can see him rivaling, rivaling some of those Yankees players. But yeah, I, I think Judge and uh, the other guys were always Yankees players. Were always yeah, yeah. Cole as well. Yeah, you know, when, when you have Aaron Judge, when you have uh, a Cole, you know those those guys. You know whether wearing the pinch, I mean, you know the, the Mets have had the best, you know one of the best pitchers in all of baseball the last last few years. And uh, you know, and in Degrom, and it's a situation where you know, uh, you know, there's still when when Cole got there, it's like you know, well, Gary Cole is the guy now, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, so yeah. So there's always there's always another level with with those Yankees. Yeah, it's been reported according to MLB.com that the Dodgers are interested in looking at an infielder, and reportedly that infielder is Chicago Cubs third baseman Chris Bryant. Justin Turner is a free agent. Can you imagine if the Dodgers add Chris Bryant to our already dominant lineup coming off a World Series? With all of the moves that the San Diego Padres have made, the Padres are neck and neck with the Dodgers. Balk or step off? Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go balk again. I just okay. think, you know, I just think the Dodgers. Uh, I mean that, that series that they played was phenomenal. That was that was so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dodgers and the uh, and the Padres. But you know until until you, until you knock off the champs, until you beat the champs, you know you're not the champs. And so, so I got you know I got to give a lot to the Dodgers. Got to keep them, you know, got to keep them at that level. Padres have, have done everything that they needed to do, right? You know, they, they got the pitching, um, and so it's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. You know, just you know, not only not only that series was fun, but just the bad blood that was kind of elevated throughout that series as well. You know, the, the great catch that, that Bellinger made uh, on that blast at Tatis' head, and then uh, and the celebration and the, the trash talking back and forth between them and Moncada or. Uh, um, Machado. It was just a whole lot of fun, a whole lot of fuel, and so that, that you know, I'm, I'm going to be staying up on the West Coast and watching those games. Uh, you know, once we get done with White Sox games, I'm gonna, I'll stay up on up and watch those games uh, you know, until 1 a.m. because that's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch those two teams go at it all season long. Yeah, I agree with you totally. One of the arms races that got closer, of course, we talked about San Diego closing the the gap on the Los Angeles Dodgers. What about the Mets closing the gap on the Atlanta Braves? Uh, yeah, again, ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, until I mean, the Braves, a situation where I, I still like their pitching, I still like their lineup. Um, yeah, I, I just think that the Braves are still the strongest team, the leader in the in that clubhouse there in the, in the National League East. I mean, the you know the Mets have gotten better. Yeah, um, you know, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only not only with Lindor, but you know, Carrasco's been been really solid. Um, you know, and obviously we talked we talked about James before. You know, getting the chance now to to to, to be that everyday starter. Um, you know, that's going to be a very nice situation for him, and he's going to help that pitching staff out as well. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, when you have someone like a Degrom, it's not like he needs a lot of help, but but to be able to have someone like James who who's been able great been great with pitchers, uh, you know, that's going to help that, that pitching staff out as well. But now, I, I still think the Braves are the team to beat there in the NL East. All right, last but not least. The NL Central and the AL Central are the two weakest divisions in Major League Baseball. Hmm. 
I'll step off as well because here's the situation, right? I mean, like seven of the seven of those teams made the playoffs. You know, uh-huh. right? Yeah. yeah. You have four in the NL Central. You had uh, obviously, you know, uh, and then you had three in the in the AL Central. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the bottom. You know, the, you know, if you can compare like the the bottom of like the AL East with the Baltimore situation to yeah. uh, to a uh, yeah you know, to like a, to what the Tigers or, or the Royals have been like as well. Um, and then the, you know, the AL AL West. You know, there's a lot of teams that have, you know obviously the, the A's have been really solid, but but just a situation where you you want to see the Angels kind of take that next step. You want to see the you know, the Mariners have been a been a long 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 time since they've been in the yeah. playoffs. Um, you know, I, I do like you know obviously like the AL East with with that threesome with that with that group of uh the Yankees the the Rays and the Blue Jays all making the playoffs this uh, this past season uh, but but you know there, there was you know there's a reason why all those teams you know other than obviously Milwaukee had a losing season but they were able to make the make the playoffs um, but you know you get four teams from the NL Central that made the playoffs uh three teams from the AL Central that made the playoffs last season so you know the, the talent is still there but but it's a situation where you know there's got to be some player movement because because all the it's, it's and I think you know not only in the central but it's just been throughout all of baseball where 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 there's a whole lot of holes for a lot of these teams and it'll be really interesting just to see how these how these teams all fill these holes on up. Yeah, I think you know one of the things we talked about when I spoke with Russell Dorsey is that the fact that you know the Cubs still have a pretty good roster even after the U Darvish trade and even if they go and move Chris Bryant, hopefully they get back uh, some talent that's closer to major league ready. And they got back in the San Diego deal with you, Darvish. But they can still win 86 to 90 games in that division at contend. And possibly mm-hmm. if they don't win it, get in as a wild card in the playoffs. But, I, you know, the White Sox, I think we're going to have to be 93, 95. Hmm. Well, yeah, but again, it's a situation with, you know, we don't know what the playoff situation is going to be like, right? That's you know? <laughs> Do you want to see it uh, adjusted or the same way it was? And also your thoughts on, the uh, extra innings, uh, the way it was done during the truncated season. That's, is that something they should carry over and just keep in Major League Baseball? You know, if you would ask me uh, both those questions, like when I was in high school, at Waukegan High School, yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, uh, no way. No. I, I love, you know, I love, the, you know, I would have been like, I love the, you know, you play the regular season, play 162 for a reason. You know, you, you know, you don't want to water down the playoffs. You don't want to, you know, and, and extra innings. No, you, you want to play out as many. You know, I, I love 16 inning games. I love 17 inning games. But you know what? With, with both those situations, you know, the, 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 what it did was that, that that first week of the playoffs, when when you had game after game after game after game, it felt like a, like a March Madness sort of situation, right? Um, it was one of those things where it was a lot of fun, where you, know, you had games going on all day long, and yeah, and just even in September, just the, the fact that you had the situation where you had teams uh, that that you know weren't out of it until those those last couple of weeks, you know, the last week of the season, and so you you have more interest from the from the fan standpoint. Um, more teams that are going to obviously get on in. So obviously, when they get into the playoffs, there'll be more more fans are going to be watching during the, during the postseason the season as well. Um, and so, so yeah, maybe a little tweaking as far as maybe give give that first uh, maybe the, the top seed, maybe give them by or something like that. We, there's there's some things that we can work on out from that standpoint. But yeah, I, I had no problem with the expanded playoffs, and I didn't really have a, have an issue with the extra inning situation as well. They're, they're, I think the Sox only played. Um, 
I can't remember the, off the top of my, my off the top of my head how many uh, extra inning games, but they, they didn't play a ton of them. And they, oh, they did. They, yeah, they played the, the one the, the Sunday the Sunday night game against the Indians when when uh, uh, when it was Lucas against uh, Shane. Uh, you know that 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 game went to extra innings. Um, you know, Sock kind of blew that one late, and then then obviously the one. You know, during that Cleveland series at the end yeah. of the season, uh, when uh, when Ramirez hit the game-winning home run in the in the that one hurt. Yeah, yeah, that, that hurt. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was the toughest game of the season, man. Because to battle their best pitcher, mm-hmm. you know, and take a lead late into the game, and then, you know, it just sucks that the White Sox killer was the guy that came to the plate <laughs> in that situation. <laughs> Anybody else in that lineup, I would have felt much better. I just felt as soon as he stepped into the batter's box, it's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> we already know what's going to happen. Lamont Pope covers the White Sox for Chicago Tribune. Thank you for being our guest on the Call Third podcast. Before you go, let everybody know where they can follow you, follow you on social media. All right. Yeah. Uh, Lamont Pope, at Lamont Pope, and then, you know, at the Chicago Tribune. And so uh, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. I had a blast. Yeah. Before you, I, got, I have to. I can't let you go without getting your CFP championship game prediction. Well, um, I've seen almost every Ohio State game. I watched every Ohio State game uh, this season. But no, Bama. Bama's Bama's out of the whole That's so good. good. I think, you know, if you're a betting man, definitely take the over because I think it's going to be a lot of points. I don't know if the punters will get a lot of action (laughs) on Monday night. And if Ohio State can get a couple of breaks, a couple of turnovers, maybe even a pick six, six or a fumble return for a touchdown or something like that, maybe the game is a little bit closer and it comes down to whoever has the ball last. And Justin Fields, if he can repeat his performance that he had against Clemson, which would be tough to do. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I say. I mean, that was like a perfect game. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, like, I mean yeah, like everything went well. You know, J- Justin had a phenomenal game. Uh, and then the defense was really, you know, they, they were able to bottle. Yeah, the front seven yeah. 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 Uh, whereas, and you mentioned, yeah, you know, obviously with Alabama. I mean, in the in the Notre Dame game, you know, a couple of situation early on that, that the punt that looked like it might have touched off. And, you know, yeah. They, so, so okay. yeah, you need, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You need a couple of those breaks that that Notre Dame didn't get early on to just even hang with Alabama. So, so I mean, I you know, I just think you know, they're just so good. They're just so so good. So yeah, I, I'll have to definitely take Bama for for the championship. Call third podcast in accordance with Mini Mike's network. Follow us at Mini Mike's Pod on Twitter. You can also follow us at A2S Pod One on Twitter. That is our college football and NBA uh, pod. We also have an A2S Network YouTube page. Go check out all of that content that's on there. Uh, we have some great, great content. We broke down a lot of the interview of Russ Dorsey. So if you don't watch it in its entirety, you can watch the clips where he talked about the Chris Bryant saga and how we compared Chris Bryant to Derrick Rose and said he was Derrick Rose with a championship. He's Derrick Rose with a championship, as I said before. A2S Network on YouTube. Go follow, and you can watch all of our great content. We thank you so much. We'll be back this weekend. Check us out. We'll be tweeting out. We're going to have our fans form for the Chicago White Sox. I'm giving all White Sox fans that are upset about the White Sox not spending big money an opportunity to come on the call third and get all your frustrations out and just let it go and uh, express yourself because I'm going to tell you, calm down, be cool, 
and love the team you came with. All right. So for Lamont Pope, I am Sean Davis. You can follow me at SD2Mikes. It's the Call Third Podcast. We'll see you next time.